Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is recorded on Noongar land. We'd like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and their elders who are listening today. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hello, guys. Thanks for listening. It's me and Claudia. Hey, Con. How are you? Oh, good. I've had a very productive weekend. So I've nailed some Christmas shopping. You know, like when you get the first couple of things, you're like, okay, I've got this now. Whereas I had done nothing. Fuck, is it even really December? I don't even know what to get anyone. No, mine's pretty easy. Like everyone is getting sort of big ticket items that they need type thing. So it's easy. Arlo wants a PC. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's like a computer, but like the I monitor know, and then the, he's a gamer. Yeah, mm. he is a gamer, that's right. Do you know what I did today? I went into all the beautiful Indian import furniture shops and I'm looking at beautiful doors because I'm making the tree house and it's going to be made out of all the eclectic stuff. So beautiful. that was, yeah, that was enjoyable. It's fun. Fun doing stuff in your house, isn't it? Oh, it is fun. Well, you know, I can't do the big stuff, like the big Renault stuff, so I might as well do the little stuff. Yeah. But it's just good looking and it's your your area. It's great. The dream. Yeah, you're building the dream and the Mm. vision. So this week something has pissed me off. What hasn't pissed me off? But (laughs) funnily enough, listeners, I have only just introduced Claudia to the comedian Matt Reif. I can't believe you didn't know who he was. Never heard of him. And usually I'm all across comedians and I watch specials on Netflix. So mm. I have so been watching. So you missed this special. I've been watching some full-on things. Like we're watching Top Dog at the moment, which is on Netflix, but it's like it's like The Wire and it's like a crime. It's, you know, about like drug. It's really good, but it's really intense. We've been watching I know that Netflix. show. That's very, it's like a man show. It's one of those shows. I'm into like. it. Well, I never gave it a go, to be honest. Last night I watched... And I actually didn't sleep much because, uh, again, watching something at night and I can't sleep. But I watched one called The Cry. Have you seen it? It's apparently originally on ABC and it's got Asha, what's her name? Keddie. No, it's not Keddie, is it? Yeah, Asha Asha Keddie. Oh, okay. Her in it. And it's also got this guy, okay, I can't remember his name, but he's the lead. And I used to, like, run around Freo with his little brother. And then he kind of made it in Hollywood and he's in all these shows and I can't remember his name. Who is it? Is it Marcus Graham? No, it's not Marcus Graham. Okay. Ewan Leslie. That's a picture of him. He's been in lots of Australiana shows. Yeah. Yeah, he's handsome and I feel proud of him. 
this is the thing with Australian shows. You're like, oh, that guy again. Or, you know, because yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. in the same thing. Yeah, even um, the extras are the same. Totally. You're like, where was he in some other Australian show? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in every other Australian show. <laughs> I got super excited last night because James was watching Black Mirror. There's a new season of Black Mirror. Have you oh, ever watched that? I didn't know. No, this isn't that new. It was out like six months ago. Oh, okay. Well, new in, we haven't watched it. And I started like screaming like a fun scream because I was like, Rob Delaney, who's my favourite actors ever, is in one of the new episodes. So I'm going to watch that. I don't even know who Rob Delaney <gasps> is. Did you watch oh, what's the show with Sharon Horgan? And they have a baby. No. Oh my God, he looks like that gross Australian comedian that I hate. What's his name? Isaac Butterfield or Buttersman. Oh my God, don't ever you know compare gross- him to someone like that. That gross, like Australia, like feminist hating, trans hating, fucking. He's like, not that. Everything no ca- catastrophe. It was the best show ever. It had Sharon Horgan, who's it's gorgeous actress. You'd know her. She's Irish, and Rob Delaney, and he's so funny. And so she's Irish. He's American. They have a one night stand when she's like forty, she, and they get pregnant, and they have the baby, oh, and nice. it's it's all the things. It's all the feels. It's funny. It's just the best. What's it called? Catastrophe. Catastrophe. All right. But anyway, can we get back to Matt, how much I hate Matt Rife? So <laughs> Matt Rife was popping up on my like Facebook watch and my TikTok and stuff like that. Okay. So he's a comedian, guys, and he's like really well known for being really good looking. He had done like the circuit, the comedian circuit for years, but he never really made it. And then COVID happened and COVID was good to some people. They went super mm. viral and uh, he was one of them. So he started going like, super viral, like billions of views on some of his videos. He was well known for his, like, just talk. He just does that talk back. What's the word? I can't remember the comedian word for it, but there's a word for it when they're just sort of relying on, you know, talking back with the audience, which is something I do. do It's not scripted and planned. Yeah, it's just a lot of audience talk. What do they call it? It's going to kill me now. But anyway, and a lot of these people that he's talking to are women and he has a lot of sort of mildly flirtatious, which come across quite sweet encounters with women in the audience. And this has been sort of his MO. So I think his Netflix special was kind of trying to prove that he's more than a one-trick pony. Right. After all this online celebration of Matt Rife, he releases his Netflix special. Now, I think he has done this because he wants to be a bro. He doesn't want to be known as this like ladies' man kind of guy. I think he has because he's got such a big following of women. He's trying to. I think so. Yeah. I think he's trying to not be typecasted and he's trying to go, nah. That's not me. I don't want to be, you know, I'm not niche. I want to be here. So his opening joke is absolutely ridiculously unfunny. I'm just going to play a little snippet of it. I've only been available one time. I ate lunch there and the hostess who, like, seats you at the restaurant had a black eye. A full black eye. It wasn't like, what happened? Yeah, it was pretty obvious what happened. We couldn't get over the fact that we were like, this is the face of the company? Like, this is this is who you have greeting people? And my boy who I was with was like, yeah, I feel bad for her, man. I feel like they should put her in the kitchen or something where nobody, nobody has to see her face, you know? And I was like, yeah, but I feel like if she could cook, she wouldn't have that black eye. 
hilarious. Isn't that funny? So not funny. My husband was like, it's not even funny. Like, I've got a rotten sense of humour. I actually really do like laughing at bad shit. Yeah. But I don't think punching down's funny. You can really take the piss out of DV if you're taking the piss out of the fucking, like, weak-ass bitch men that have to fucking take all their problems out on their wives. Do you know what I mean? Like there are ways that you can make anything. I think nothing should be off limits to comedy, but in a clever way. And that wasn't clever. It was easy. It was the low hanging fruit. It was, it's been done. It's just not, do you know what I mean? I also think like pick your audience. If he's got a room there full of women, like why would he make that joke as well? Like there's that factor as well. He doesn't want to be aligned with the women. That's why, because he doesn't want to be aligned with women. Obviously everyone's pissed. Rightly so. So he does this fucking apology statement and the apology statement is to anybody on his Instagram stories, to anybody who is offended by my joke on my Netflix special, I, you know, want you to click here for my sincerest apology. You click on the link and it was a link to a special needs helmets, which I didn't even know existed. But yeah. it's a company that sells special needs helmets. So obviously Disgusting him and his friends and find that really funny and they've sent it to yeah. each other. So he's ableist as well. You know, just like one more punch down just because I'm a cunt and I want everyone to know. I spoke about this on my Instagram stories and I was like, you know what, let's flip the narrative a bit. Imagine I got out there and I was doing a show and being a feminist, I decided to take the piss out of male suicide rates. Do you know what I mean? Imagine if I got out there and I was like, oh, boo fucking who, Mm. privileged men can't handle earning more money and not doing any housework. Just got to end it. It's not funny. It's just (laughs) not fucking funny. But no one would make that joke because we're not allowed to joke about dying men. We only joke about dying women. It's fucking rank. At the hands of men. Exactly. I was pissed and then I got over it until, lo and behold, he pops back up. Just when you can't get any worse. When did the Netflix special come out? Maybe two weeks ago. Okay, so it's pretty recent. Yeah, Yeah, and I was actually listening to a public relations expert talk about this and she said this has actually probably worked in his favour because it was at number one, but then it slipped right down and the ratings, the reviews weren't very good, but if you Google his name, bad reviews for his Netflix special don't come up. It's just this controversy. So who knows? That could have been planned. Do you know what I mean? Like having a fucking flop of a Netflix special isn't good for your brand by any stretch. Like apart from DV aside, it was just a shit show. And so, you know, who knows? But just to make matters worse, because I haven't watched the special and I don't want to watch it because I don't want to support him. But did the show get funnier? Was it just shit? I don't know because I didn't watch it either. I I didn't bother after that. At that. You know, with the bar like that, I can't imagine it's going to be great. Not great. But he goes, how do you rectify your image or double down on it, I guess you should say, when you're being typecasted as a misogynist? He obviously doesn't care. He wants to be in that misogynistic group of male comedians. You know what I mean? He wants to be in that clique. That's his Oh, he's thing. always been like this and now he's like, I can't fucking, you know, hide it any longer. To me, he reminds me of a child, a a young boy when you're in year four and a boy's gotten in so much trouble and the teacher's just gone like, why did you do this? You are going to be in detention. You are going to have this and that. And he's just gone, I don't care. I don't care. And you all know that he cares. You all know it's so obvious he cares. He's he's devoted inside, but he has to say, I don't care to save face. So what does he do? He goes and does a Jordan Peterson interview. Oh my god, listen to this. You're a comedian and you got cancelled for a domestic assault joke. And then in response to that, instead of apologizing like a good boy, you put up a 
joke ad site about special needs helmets to protect the people who are offended by you. And now to get yourself out of trouble, you're going to come on my podcast. <laughs> I never That's said your that. plan. I right? was hoping it would make things way worse. You're a comedian and you got Isn't that just disgusting? For a domestic- like, I... I can't deal with how disgusting it is. And Jordan no, Peterson. No apology. No, I I support this and it, it's just terrible. Jordan Peterson goes on to talk about the kind of people that have cancelled him and how they're just these, mm-hmm. you know, loser trolls anyway. Yep. Jordan Peterson says, how many people are we talking? And he was like, maybe tens of thousands. And in the grand scheme of things, and um, Matt Rife says, there's billions of people in the world. And what he's meaning is I have, you know, 18 million followers or whatever the fuck he's got. Like, I don't care. I don't need them. And then Jordan Peterson starts talking about the times that he's been cancelled. It's just this bro off of like, yeah. don't and worry, they don't address bro. anything. They just totally no make and Jordan each Peterson other's said, shit okay. It's really sick. I I listened to it a little bit and I it's I can't so turn sick. It off. When Jordan Peterson said because Claudia and I had a discussion today about domestic violence and why you know Claudia said to me it is still a a woman's a woman's issue. Women are the only ones talking about it, which is such a brilliant point. And what shat me about Jordan Peterson is that he said that the worst of the worst are the men that are supporting the women yeah. that have cancelled us. That's when I turned it off after I heard that comment. I just went. Because <laughs> it actually makes you really mad. Like he was that an, interview, a, I an example. So he said, oh, this guy takes a man said, blah, 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 my wife, and you make me sick. And, you, and I was like, he's not listening. He just went, no, this, is, yeah. this guy's a dickhead. That's it. Like, how can people follow him? If mm. people were saying this to me, people that were genuinely being hurt, people that were dying were saying to me, like, what you have said is hurtful, I would have to at the very least acknowledge and think about yeah. what they're saying. But these two are just like, nah. Like, couldn't give a fuck. I can't figure out why he went on. Did he go on the podcast to have... Jordan Peterson. I think it's to say, because Jordan Peterson is known for being a misogynist, so I think it is to align with misogynists yeah. and to go, there is a huge audience out there. And go, your joke was funny. And, it was totally fine. And right wing, yeah, pick me. And so he's just going, I'm going to appease them because the feminists and the progressives and the left wing aren't, you know, they're not going to ever come back to me. So <laughs> while I was doing my little stalk of him, I noticed something. I noticed that back in the old days, before he became big, he looked different. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. He looked really different, okay? For the listeners at home, he doesn't have that chiselled jawline. He actually has a really weak chin Cause back Con, in when, the old When you days. sent me a thing of him, it's bizarre. I hadn't heard of him and you know, I'd like to think that I'm more right. of a comedy so scene. But, because, well, no, clearly not. I looked at the photo of him and went, what is wrong with his face? Okay, so, and that's another picture. I'll be putting these on our socials, guys. Another picture of him back in the old days. Then all of a sudden he's come back on the scene after he's gone viral with a new fucking jaw. Okay, so get this. He looks like a totally different person. Completely different person. After he's gone and gotten himself cancelled, someone called Many Faces of Chicago, who is a very well-renowned plastic surgeon, has gone and done a video and his video says, it's just a little reel of him skipping through his surgery office and it says, me, after creating the best jawline ever just for my patient to go and get cancelled right after. Wow. Right. And so then, (laughs) like, Matt Rife, he thinks everything's so funny, he's commented 
underneath and gone, it's illegal to lie about people's medical history. Oh, so he's not finding no, it No, lying funny about medical history is illegal, just FYI. Wow. So I guess his surgeon's going to be getting a legal letter. Not so funny when you're joking about my face, is it? It's incredible. Fucking. He looks totally different. I know. He's done stuff to his cheeks, though, as well. Like, he looks really, like, he's had a lot done. It's like, a, but like a Kylie Jenner thing. Like, he just he just looks completely different. Massive transformation. Yeah. Has he got a partner? I don't know. But he's saying that he didn't get the surgery. He had, like, a glow-up when he became a man, and he's, like, got some explanation that testosterone can fill out no, your jaw or some no. shit. Like, <laughs> What he a has a tiny sad, dick. I think a, we can all yes, agree he has a yes, tiny dick. Absolutely. What a sad individual. Which is awkward because I don't mind small penis men. Well, the only men that I've ever slept with with small penises had small bodies. And that so their penises were, you know, okay. in, in proportion. Yeah, right. And it was like just a, yeah, I've got a theory that penis sizes are. Generally, yes, I would agree with you. We've talked about my micro penis experience. There's always, and the guy with the micro penis was big, six foot. He was built. It was just, it didn't matter. Yeah, okay. And that's what I'm saying, though. There's exceptions, and that's when it's weird. Like, if you went home with a guy like him, I don't know how tall he is, but he's tall, he's big, and if you saw that he had a tiny dick, which I think he must, because why is he acting like such a fucking insecure fool, mm. um, you'd be shocked, would you not? Like, you'd be freaked out true, by it. True, true. But that was a good rabbit <laughs> hole. I was stoked with that. Um, <laughs> he's all just the weirdest-looking guy, I thought. The first picture that came up was like, oh, my God, he's had all this work done to his face. But now seeing He looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. (laughs) Yeah, but now seeing – she's actually toned it down. She looks a lot better now. No, she's beautiful, but Mm. she had that face that everyone sort of started to – And she had a phase where she did start doing things and looked quite strange. But you can tell she's right. Well, I just remember the old days when she was like named the most beautiful woman in the world because her facial, her face was all in proportion oh, and symmetrical, and it's like the perfect face. Yeah, and it had the big yes. cheekbones and the big lips, and that's what he looks like. It's like he's gone to his ch- surgeon and gone, make me look like Michelle Pfeiffer in a man version. Oh my god! It's and it's tricky with men. Like it's a totally different ball game. They've got it's you know with injectables and all the things. It's different to women. They need their yeah, jaw structure. So mm-hmm. clearly he has. He's gone down. Mm-hmm. Remember that yeah. show that used to be on? It might have even been before Netflix, and it was like the some plastic surgeon guys in the US, and they all looked like that. They were doing it, and they had the big bald cheeks, big chiseled jaws, and they so just looked. The weekend did it for a little while, but I don't know if it was a joke or not. Mm. Like, do you remember when the weekend started looking like a, a Catwoman? What about Mickey Rourke? Is he still around? I think so. Remember Mickey Rock the boxer and he's, he just went yeah, away yeah, to yeah. It was all pulled back. Yeah. and. What about that guy, um, another pig, Sam Newman, the Australian commentator, oh, like sports commentator? Gross. So embarrassing. How is he still yeah. around? He's gross. I don't know. Remember his house had a big picture of Pamela Anderson out the front? Like it was it? tiles. Yeah, tiles. I used to drive past it in Melbourne. It was tiled with a big thing of Pam. So gross. <laughs> Leave fucking Pam alone, man. <laughs> Pam's amazing. I love Pam. Have you watched the Pamela? I love um, Pam Duffo? too. She's so yeah. cute. So slay. It breaks my heart that she still loves Tommy though, because he was abusive. Mm. You know. Well, and just I think she said she'll never have another love like that. And I was like, 
That's great. You don't want another love like that. Don't give no, up. No. Don't give up, Pammy. I think that I think yeah. there is going to be someone amazing and beautiful and kind, like for her out there. But she's just gorgeous. She's got such a cute little voice too. Cute voice, and I love that she, you know, goes makeup free. She went makeup free to some event recently, like the Met Gala or something. Heaven. And she just, I was like, yes, yeah, she's gorgeous. Heaven, yeah. Claudia. We've also got a listener. So, guys, we're going through our comments through our DMs, and we're picking questions that you guys ask rather than doing like a whole episode of you know loads of questions, which we will still do in the future. But we thought we should like bring in a question for or just a you know a, a dm for our like weekly shows and today we went through and we were like because we've, we've, yes. we've had some really good ones and we thought <laughs> look i think these are too good to you know these are too good yeah they can't just die in the abyss so if you guys are into it we're going to keep going with this and i'm really like wanting to hear what everybody else's thoughts on this one are maybe we need to put it out there to the other listeners and we can catch next episode we can like read out some of their responses yeah. that's so a good the idea question actually was, yeah. yeah the yeah. question was i fall recently fallen in love after a life of terrible relationships Relatable. the problem is that nobody's happy for us because we are first cousins what should we do? What would you do? Follow your heart and finally choose happiness or end it to appease everyone? Okay. Well, I think it's gross. And I, but I'm thinking about my cousins. <laughs> I have got I have got cousins that A, I don't find them attractive, but B, I think I don't find them attractive because they're my cousins. Like I think of them as brothers. Like we used to bath yeah. together. We, mm. you know, like I just my mm. my head just wouldn't go there. But now I'm trying to think if I had a hot cousin that I wasn't like as close to, would I find them attractive? I don't know. What if you had one that you'd never met and then you met him? That's what I mean. Like, so we weren't hot, as close yeah. and then we one day like saw each other we'd never met. But then I'm like, that's your, you're literally, your parents are brother and sister. So that's like a level of well, yeah. incest. I had a friend growing up whose parents were first cousins and my mum and we were driving down the street once and, and she said, oh, my grandma lives on this street. And my mum said, oh, on what side? And she goes, oh, I've only got one side, which was awkward, you know. It was like that is yeah. the family tree does get very narrow at the top. But so she knew about it. Yeah, yeah, everyone did. So it was sort of like um, kind of open. Well, yeah. And then Dens told me that there was a couple where he grew up who, gosh, I'm not sure well, if they were brother and sister friends. or if they were first cousins that – um that had apparently gone to the doctor and told the doctor they wanted to have children, but the doctor said no. I think the question that this woman has asked us, like, so my normal brain would go, is anyone going to get hurt? And if you're not having children, is anyone going to get hurt? Like, it's, I, I don't know how old she is, but from the sound of the message, she said that after a lifetime of terrible relationships. So it would sound like she's not planning to have babies, but I know but that I think, incest I think even is... if they do have babies, like there are some cultures where being with your first cousin is like really normal, like how people do it all the time. What, like in the royal family? Yeah, and <laughs> or, and some other countries as well. Like a lot of countries it's, it's, it's just really? normal. Yeah. Wow. I was always of the mindset that you should try and breed with someone from a really like different yeah. part of the world to Bloodline, you to like strengthen line. the gene pool. Yeah. Yeah, like, look, obviously there is more risk of complications there, but um, I don't know. Yeah, like, remember that guy who, like, inserted his sperm in, like, hundreds of women who was a fertility doctor? And then all these people are finding out they're related because they're all, like... The yeah, and there is danger guy. there. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look into like how dangerous it is with the first cousin. But yeah, I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about my cousins and feeling quite like off about the whole thing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yeah. Well, I just think of them as like so close. And my cousins are gross. Well, most of my cousins are gross. Some of them are really cool. I could marry India. Couldn't we all? Yeah. She's yeah. so cool. Yeah. She's cool. <laughs> Isn't it funny that your cousin's ex, my cousin ended up marrying and having a baby with? Yes. And your ex, which also is not had incestuous, my cousin. Guys. But your ex also had a fling with my cousin. Who? Q. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Cousin love. <laughs> I know. But the funny thing about incest oh. that I heard on, on a show once was that we have pheromones that actually make our siblings, I don't know if it happens to the cousins, but siblings smell funny. When I was young, like I wouldn't finish my sister's dinner because I thought it tasted weird. I'd say to mum, can I have some more? Mum would say, finish your sister's. And I'd be like, no, really? it tastes weird. Really? And then, yeah, and then, like, I'm a lip kisser. I love a good lip kiss to anyone mm-hmm. that I love. And But I don't kiss my brothers on the lips. And, like, they don't kiss me on the lips. And I wonder, like, you know, if my brother saw my undies on the floor, he would get the broom to get them away. Of course. So that he didn't have to, you know of what I mean? Of course. Yeah. If I saw you and your brother so, kissing on the lips, I'd be, like, pretty grossed out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I don't know. Because once I remember I was at the pub with my brother and a girl was, like, sitting on his knee and she was like, we're so close. We're like brother and sister. And I was like. Ew. If you were his sister, you wouldn't be sitting on his knee. He'd be telling you that you gained weight and asking you to buy him a drink and <laughs> telling you to pop yeah. off because that's how we work in our family, his brother and that's sister. That's interesting. Well. I didn't know that. Okay, here's a question. You know how everyone's got a smell, just a body smell, like what do you smell like type thing? This is funny. So I remember when I was in high school, one of my friends, who you know, she said that I smelled like baby milk. And I was like, okay, like. Never thought anything about it. It's not a bad the other smell. Da- not a bad smell. But it's hard to sort of, you know, put into words and describe what people's smells are like. But I was like, okay, yeah, that's all right. Milky. Because you can't, you don't know what your own smell smells like. And then the other day in the car, Alba said to me, mum, you were talking about smells. And she said, you, yours is like baby milk. And I was like, oh, wow. So they, they obviously. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then I was. That is started, so weird. Yeah. Then I started thinking about when people live together. Like spouses, do they get the same smell? Does their smell become one? Do people retain their own smell? Do siblings have the same smell? How does this all work? Mm, that's really fascinating. Yeah, I hope I don't smell like denim. Well, I've been smelling James and he's definitely still got his own smell and it's not baby milk. But I wonder no. if like other people think that our smell is the same in the house. Well, I don't think I'd ever be close enough with either of you to really understand your actual (laughs) smell. 
What do you mean? We still you know mean? mean like I might re- recognize, but I'd recognize your perfume or your laundry powder. But like when it comes to like your pheromonial smell, no, your pheromonial smell, you would that be like, oh, that, that smells like you. <laughs> You're gonna have to sniff us next That's time. Claudia. That's <laughs> so I'm just going around sniffing everyone in the house, going. I think my my children smell as a little bit different. As long as I smell like old wee, I'm happy. <laughs> it's funny right. you should say that actually about the baby milk because I was mm. watching Raja sleep last night, which I do every night, and he mm. still has his babyhood to me, probably because oh, he's my last child. But no, I he still does have an, like, a bit of like a yeah baby babyness to yeah. him. Yeah, and as he did I'm like, I feel like he still smells like breast milk. You know, sweaty heads when they're it's summer babies and they're sleeping and their hair's a bit sweaty and they just so like oh, it's just a smell, so isn't it? It's just it's in their skin, like it's just amazing. Mm. So apparently that's what I yeah. smell like all the time, you know. Yeah, at least it's not baby vomit. On the questions, I've got some for you. Okay. Are they the same ones that you've sent me? No, I've got different ones. So here we go. Let's ask some personal questions. What's been your most recent act of aggression that you regret having? Well, it's a funny one because... You're not super aggressive. I'm not really that aggressive, but... Lost your temper? I don't know because I have lost my temper recently, but I was glad that I did. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm really grateful that I finally fucking spoke up for myself and really lost it, really lost my shit. I feel like the kids... Oh, yeah, then I went psycho at that girl that chased Billy. But, yeah, I feel like someone's seen me get really angry recently and, oh, yeah, my stepdad. So my stepdad is really annoying and he will, <laughs> like, just come in when I'm asleep in the lounge room upstairs at the shop and, you know, we, we had a lot of people living in a one-bedroom flat so we slept in the lounge room and he would just come in at any hour of the night. He gets up at, like, 5 a.m. and just put the kettle on right next to my head and I'm going, Scott, shut the fuck up. And he's like, what? You need to get up soon anyway for school run. And I'm like, no, I don't. I can sleep for another hour and a half. Shut the fuck up. We're all up here asleep. And he was like, started ranting at me, saying that he can do what he wants and, you know, bringing up family dramas like, well, no, not you know, at this hour, if Scott. you guys didn't sell my apartment, it was still- and then he like mumbling shit about me and I'm just not used to like I I am sort of the authority of the family even though I'm not like a main authority but I am and everybody kind of like you know I'm like my mum everybody kind of respects me and does what I ask and so for him to just be mouthing off while I'm half asleep I went downstairs into the laundry where he had moved like the the Bar- downstairs, the, t- the bathroom of the shop, I should say. He'd moved the kettle while he was abusing me and walking out. And so I went downstairs and I grabbed the washing powder and I screamed at him and I threw the washing powder at his head. He's going, Jesus Christ, you're a fucking psycho, Connie. And my stepson was like, I've actually never heard Con get that angry before. Yeah, because I'm thinking okay, I was like, you're not an angry person and it takes a lot to make <laughs> angry. I can't imagine that. No, well, I mean, Scott's really easy to get angry at and I also he's one of those people that like, you know, it's it's close family so they forgive, don't they? But And when I got physical with the washing powder, <laughs> I was like having an out-of-body experience. Like, I mean, <laughs> oh, funny. All right, I've got one for you. All right. 
What sexual situations have you been around that were too overwhelming for you to participate in? Mm, That's not that many. Like I tried to have a threesome when I was younger and it was just a bit of a disaster, but it wasn't overwhelming. Aren't all threesomes disasters? Yeah. I don't think they ever really go like as to plan as, you know, what people think they're going to. No, I've never really felt too overwhelmed. I have. I felt other people's sex stuff overwhelming. Like I had some friends that were all bonking each other. There was a time where they would all like swing and get together and I found that really just too, too much too because they all knew each other. I was like, this is all just going to end badly and it's all just too much for me. And did it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it always does. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. What about what do you secretly wish your lover would do more during foreplay? Sometimes less talking. Oh, really? Other than that. He talks during foreplay. Not all the time. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Other than that, my complaints. Yeah, right. What does he say? Just, you know, like things about us bonking. Uh-huh. He talks dirty. Hmm. See, I like that. I'd like more See, talking. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes it doesn't like, talk. Shh. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Shoshani. <laughs> but other than that, like, no complaints. He's pretty good in that department. See, I wish Dan's would do more, like, role play stuff because by the time I met him, I wasn't a hairdresser anymore. So he used to have this fantasy about fucking me while I was, like, cutting his hair. Like, uh-huh. that, you know, he'd come into my salon and I was, like, the hot hairdresser and I, like, uh-huh. gave him a blowjob while I was washing his hair or something. I don't know how that would work. But, yeah, he used <laughs> to, like, talk about that and go, yeah, let's let, let's do, like, you know, a hairdresser client role. And I was, like, I love that shit. That's so funny because really in hairdressing world, all that happens is, like, guys touch themselves under their capes. I know. But you know what? I did have this one guy who was actually really hot. I used to cut his hair in the barbershop and he was a boxer. He was cockney, so he that like confidence it was really big he was an ex-champion boxer or some shit and all the girls used to just fucking like die like we used Mm. to all fight over cutting his hair so then he came up to my cell when I owned open that and he just walked up there one day right he's married they live in Cottesloe so I've probably given away who he is now (laughs) and (laughs) and he and I loved this little flirtatious game that we played it was like a nothingness you know like we were both married or whatever I didn't even know if he was married at the time but then he just walked up one day and he just goes so are we gonna fuck or what and I was like I was up there by myself I just got a little bit of a really yeah and I said don't you have a wife and I think I had a husband as well but I wasn't even thinking about that and I said don't you have a wife and he was like yeah I'm not asking you to run away with me I'm just asking if you want to fuck. And I just thought, that's so rank. Yeah, what a pig. I actually wanted someone to run away with me. I wasn't looking for a fuck. (laughs) I don't want to fuck. I just want to get out of here. (laughs) It's like, I'm clingy. I fall in love. Yeah, (laughs) love it. Right. If you could travel back in time and talk to your parents before you were born, what would you say to them? Oh, Um, I'd probably just talk to my dad because he's dead now. I don't know. I, I don't think that there would have been anything. They wouldn't have listened. <laughs> it's a weird question. Do you have an answer for that? Yeah, I'd probably ask my dad, like, what he was attracted to about my mum and things about that. Like, you know, what did he, you know, love about her and just his his opinion on things. Yeah, so you'd ask questions rather than say something to them. I think that's what I would do too. Yeah, I don't have anything that I'd really say. But, yeah, questions would be amazing. Especially before us, you know, before our existence. Oh, I'd love, if I could just spend an hour with my dad, 
I would just die. Like, you know, when you see those real, those memes that say like, who, if you could talk to anyone in the world for now, who would it be? It's yeah. always my dad because I feel like yeah. he was so smart. He was the smartest person I ever met, but I was almost not smart enough yet. You know, like I was 28 when he died and now there's yeah. so many things that I would love to talk to him about. Yeah, You know, even anything that's going on in the world. I saw a really funny video on Facebook and it was like when you call your dad and you ask him to, to help you with something and it like the dad walks out of the car like this big fucking hero, like he's so stoked that someone's asked him things. Aww. And I just like Dens calls his dad and asks him, you know, what type of bird is this? We found a baby bird. What is it? And all that sort of stuff. So I would love to be able to do that because dad would just love to, the fact that he knew everything. And, and I think about it and I think it's pretty amazing. It was before the time of. He'd love that you went to him for advice and things like that. Mm. But mm. the sad thing is that my dad died before anything happened for my, with my career. The only thing I'd done was mm. get kicked off Big Brother before anybody else. <laughs> he would have been and so proud of that though. He was. He was like, you made history, baby. No <laughs> one's ever been on Big Brother for such a short amount of time as you. Oh and I was just like. Thanks, Dad. He used to walk over to women on the tram and be like, so are you watching Big Brother? And I was, and, and then he'd go, Constance is my daughter. And can you, so can you imagine how fucking stoked he would be now? Like especially everything that I did in Africa as well. Like he he just loved charity. He was such a charitable All guy. All the humanitarian he things. He loved women yeah. and feminists. And, yeah, so that's one of the big shames, I think. But it's such a shame that it didn't work out that way but with mm. any luck I'll see him after some DMT one night <laughs> you definitely will there's always that or when you nearly die as, as we discovered the other day yeah exactly I've got another one for you okay what has been a partner's most cutting criticism of you hmm Dan's called me a narcissist yesterday but he reckons that he was trying to say nasty and narcissist came out <laughs> because I was angry at him for <laughs> I was like, narcissist, and he was like, sorry. (laughs) Do you reckon he really did mean nasty? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because he would never think I was a narcissist, but he was being a narcissist. (laughs) Neither of us are narcissists. Then I started wondering if the word nasty comes from the word narcissist. But he does this thing with me in public. Like, I'm like, denim. I made fruit platter, food platters for Arlo's graduation. Like, denim, and he put them on top of each other in the car. And so I was obviously angry. They're all squashed and they were beautiful. And he, like, gets – I can't yell at him in public about anything because, like, he – he would just drop the platter just to embarrass me. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I was like – He doesn't like being, like, yelled at or put down in public. Not that anyone does. Well, no one else heard. Like, I wouldn't do that with other people could hear, but people could have seen that. So anyway, I was like, don't you dare. And he was like, well, I will will stop being such a narcissist. And I was like, narcissist? Because I'm angry about my Anyway, it was what it was. It took me a long time to stop believing the things that were said about me in a previous relationship. I couldn't even repeat the things that were said about me in that relationship mm. because they were just not true. They were so nasty. And I didn't, I always thought on the outer layer that I didn't believe them. But I think when I look back at like pictures of myself and stuff during that time and I see how beautiful I was, I know that I didn't feel beautiful. I know that I didn't, I felt like used goods. I'd been made to feel like used goods that had too many kids or the fact that I was with someone like that had, you know, spoiled me. And I really did believe that. And I thought that there was sort of no future or no hope or I would never go anywhere or be anything. So, and I wouldn't say that that was like a thing, like one thing, but I think that it's definitely, it's a pile of things. 
in an abusive relationship, they all sort of mesh into one. Like there's so many that are just yeah. so cutting. Yeah, same. I'm trying, thinking of mine and it's like a whole. And then when you're not in that space anymore, it's really hard to hear someone talk about, you know, like when someone says, oh, he said this to me and it's really mean and you just go, yeah. oh, God. But I know what it's like to be in that situation and for it to just be water off a duck's back because you, you've had to toughen to it. Yeah. But it's lovely to not be in that position anymore. Like me and Denim would never say, I hate you or, mm, you know, mm. like, I mean, we might say stop being a cunt or whatever. but Stop being a narcissist. Stop being such a narcissist. And once we had an argument and I said, and I came in towel between my legs and I said, do you hate me? And he said, are you kidding? I could never hate you. And he looked at me like, why would you even suggest that? And I just thought, wow, that's so sacred. Like our love is so sacred and our words are so important and and it's just it just felt really sweet. Totally. Our words are very, very important. Aren't they? Oh, they really cute. are. To have words that you things that you just wouldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. You really wouldn't cute. say to someone. Yeah. Lucky to have dens. No. Yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't say that to someone you love. No, yeah. but you know, like you said your kids, no, no, I know, but you know, it is like what we were saying earlier, and that you do often treat the people closest to you the worst, you know, like when we are angry and we're stressed, and you know, yeah, it happens, but yeah, you're right, like yeah. words are powerful, but you know, the difference, like everyone knows that I can be really snappy, especially during the day when Denz is here, and I'm like, can you do yeah. this? Can you do that? Can you do that? Yeah, Denz, where's my fucking computer? But yeah. you know, he knows that I'm just stressed, yeah, and also I think, like, I remember once I accidentally threw out a bag from Target that had like bathers and things that I just bought. We were in Karajini or we were somewhere up north, and we stopped at a caravan park and I threw out all this rubbish in the bin at the servo. And then the next day I was looking for the target bag and I was like, where's the kids bathers? And he was like, oh fuck, I might've thrown them out. And I was like, I can't believe that you did that. And then like an hour later I said to him, okay, like, do you oh, know what? Hang on. It was actually me who did that. <laughs> and he appreciated it so much. Like he was like so grateful that I actually owned up to it. And about a week ago I was really snappy. I can't even remember what it was about, but I called called him him and Zeke were doing the drive Zeke does the kids drive and, and Den keeps in company and I said hey that was really mean before I'm so sorry I'm just so stressed with work and he was like oh sweetie you don't have to say sorry I know you're stressed I didn't even take it on board I am now in a relationship where I am free to say sorry whereas I've been in relationships before where if you say sorry you're admitting guilt and it will be used against you for so long and so I never had the like luxury of being able to say sorry I had to stand my ground otherwise mm. I was going to get piled on so I think it's you know it's it, it works both ways you want someone that's going to be accountable for their shit and apologize but if you don't a- accept those apologies or at least just acknowledge them and and even if you're still mad acknowledge and appreciate them then you don't deserve them it's just mm. yeah interesting little things in relationships yeah yeah it's funny being in a healthy one compared to, you know, every <laughs> it does, other one. It, it is, and it takes it takes a bit of adjustment. It really does. I had a light bulb moment yesterday, right? I was listening to something and it was about ADHD and emotional deregulation. You know, I always think about my children, you know, how they can't handle their emotions. But for the first time, I thought about me. So I always think about me when it's like, oh, forgetful, bad with time and, you know, all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff and Mm -hmm. bad with whatever. And I always think about that stuff and take it on board. But I never actually thought about the emotional dysregulation, whatever it's called, part of ADHD. And that is the reason for all my psycho 
bonus, like thinking I'm going to die because my first boyfriend broke up with me or like stalking James, the guy that I was sleeping with when I was with Bill. Like all this shit that I do, I can't manage my own. I get so like I'm going to die and I've had so many therapists say to me like you when you feel like that you need to put yourself away you know put your phone away just calm down take some deep breaths which is just not possible when you're like that and I'm like do you think I don't want to I know that if I fucking publicly fucking tweet that everything he's done I'm gonna regret it but I just do it anyway and I've never actually acknowledged that I've always just thought I was immature or I wasn't you know able to like control myself or I was a psycho when I got broken Mm. up with but no it's ADHD interesting isn't it the light I never understood how other other women could do that other women can be heartbroken but not drive to their house and beg with them and plead with them and cry and you know put Alanis Morissette on and smash a window and do all the things that I've done that I've regretted. So many women have done that and they just don't own up to it, I think. Yeah, true. I'm sure that's why I did all my psycho things as well. Yeah, like putting chicken in Hugh's car. He totally deserved that and I would do it again. Not just the psycho stuff but also like the angry stuff, like when someone's cheated on you or when someone's... Angry, yeah, I would get so angry. You know, yeah, me too, like so angry. Like I don't recognise myself when I used to get that angry. Interesting. Mm. On that note, peeps. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. We'll have to get some more of these questions out there, some doozies in there. Keep them coming in, though. We want to hear them. Yeah, and we want to hear what you guys think about the incest thing because that's interesting. Is incest on the rise? Let's look it up. Yeah, maybe even if there's someone that's in an incestual relationship, they want to come on the podcast because... Love to hear from you. You know, there could be, like, I remember watching an episode of Kissing Cousins on Insight. There are... It's happening. You know, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. My dad said they used to kiss their cousins a lot when they were young. It was just like, a, you know, make out with their cousins, but there was like 50 of them, so they probably didn't even know each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Too much, too much. Bye. Too fucking much. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow and leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.